so I was reading as I do every morning and I noticed an interesting article on Inman and it's talking about the four kinds of real estate coaches. And I think that coaching is going to be a big thing in 2023 because people are slowing down and like always looking for what the new thing is to get them over that hump, right? So they talk about it and the number one kind of coach is a recruiter. So this is the coach that brokerages use as kind of the carrot to lure people in. Like, oh, we've got, you know, this brilliant coach who's going to make you $9 million or whatever come to us. They often wear red. They do. They do. And so they're, and it even says in here, their method is to attract agents to their team brokerage or downlines. Mm -hmm. So it is what you always hear with the red or the orange and blue is, mm -hmm. oh, or I have so many people in my downline and these mm -hmm. are my different levels of whatever. Um, but it's funny because it says in reality, their way of making money off of agents that they coach is through the recruiting. Mm hmm and then you've got the second kind is the retainers that the brokerages use to retain their agents. So when an agent starts talking about making a move, well, you should go in coaching with this person, you know, as a kind yeah. of sweetener to get them to stay. Um, and then you've got revenue focused coaching yeah. where they take a split out of your deals. Right. So, which I think can be good because both yeah. parties are motivated. Right. But, you know, I just also. But I think outside of our world, like not someone that's not in our world is probably more ideal. Oh, for sure. For me. Yeah. And then there's the real deal coaches mm -hmm. that you are actually just paying a fee to. And, you know, those are the ones that I would say are not always in our industry. Yeah. Um, and they say the pros to that are your results show up sooner and are longer lasting as this type only has one real goal and that's to help you. Yeah. So do you think, and have you in the past used coaches and what has your experience been? Um, so yes. So I've used coaches. So when I was in, mainly in DC, we did a lot of coaching in DC, mm -hmm. um, and I feel like the coaching that I did in D.C. was um, was just – I mean, I still go back to that coaching, and I still go back to that coaching for a lot of different things. When I came here – and I was in a different world. Like, also, like, I was in commercial real estate, very different world, very different even commercial world than – what the commercial right. is Texas here. commercial right very unless you're like in Austin or Dallas like it's just very 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 different so uh, the first few that you mention give me the icks like immediately right. give me like the mm, no like like there is a there is a specific um team that keeps messaging me and it's it's a bot that's mm -hmm. texting me right but you should have someone managing your bot, mm -hmm. too. Um, and I'm like, if you don't have someone responding to someone that you clearly are trying to go after repeatedly, then 
you are of no use to me at all. Not that I'd ever think about joining their team, but every once in a while it's fun to just have those oh, yeah. conversations You're for like, entertainment. Well, and it's fun to see what's out there. Right. And so I, you know, it, it I get the biggest one is the probably the first two, the recruiting because mm-hmm. it's so scripted and it's so like all the beginning conversations are so scripted and so like, let's sit down and talk about your business goals. I'm like, huh? like, nope. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is the internal coaching. I don't love that model. And I think there's a difference between having a mentor at your at your business, which is your mentor, which is someone that you can rely on, someone that you can mastermind with, someone that digs deeper with you. Right. That's very different from coaching. And coaching to me is very surface level. And if I have to hear the same things over and over like boilerplate, you are not helping mm-hmm. me. And most of those internal coaches are not producing. And so for our world, for our industry, right, they're not producing. They're not seeing real world issues. They're not fighting it. They're not doing the the dirty shit that I'm doing mm-hmm. for like through the trenches with this client, like trying to work it. They're sitting in an office being like, okay, like you said your goal this quarter was going to be this. It equals this many calls and this many emails. Like, fuck you. Like, (laughs) like that's exactly how I feel. Like, I'm sorry. You're not doing what I'm doing. I spent four hours on the phone figuring out redemptive rights. I didn't have the time to do desk duty. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't. Uh, it gives me the strong, like, you can, like, do better. Like, you can be better. You can do better. And it works great for some people. It does not work for my personality Mm -hmm. because I'm like, you don't get it. You are missing the mark. You are baseline. You don't see the future. You don't see the big, the difference between, like, having a goal to hit five transactions a month versus, why do I need five transactions a month? Like you don't right. see that and you don't care yeah. because most of the coaches are driven by that person's revenue. So however many people are in their coaching, they've got this pool of people that they're coaching and they get paid off of their success. So all they're going to do is constantly berate you. And I just don't feel like that is a fa- maybe to me would not be effective because that's like micromanaging. Right. But you're not effectively helping me. And I think when agents, they get trained trained in that brain, right? So, but when I think when agents, when the light clicks, they're like, oh, I have been the source of my own success mm-hmm. because I'm the one who brought idea A, B, and C. I'm the one who succeeded in doing this, that, and the other. Right. And I think that's when it becomes insignificant. And, you know, you can go to the... 10x conferences and get all this like warm fuzzy confidence mm-hmm. boosting stuff and we do need that as humans we need that but i don't feel like especially the first two are at all where right i would want to be no and, absolutely not i mean i think i called you about this one company that is like a cloud-based that kate was coming after me mm-hmm. and wanted me to be the broker in uh the Waco temple area and I would have my downline um and they are based out of Dallas 
And they kept telling me, you get to pick your commission structure and all this other stuff. All fine and good, whatever. Mm -hmm. But when she started talking, there was a lot of things to me that I was like, that's so interesting. And it made it made like me interesting, like interesting or interesting, like no, like oh, I'm secretly judging you because yes. that gives me the icks. Yes, the yeah. the second because she started saying stuff like you know the market's slowing down and all this other stuff and um and I don't remember what it is, but I said to her, I said, so I'm not and I'm not judging anybody off of their own success. Your success in your business is mm-hmm. you created. It's not. It's not you versus me. It is what I want for myself, right? And so, but I, I asked her, she, she told me what the cap was, and to me the cap was low. And she said, well, most agents aren't hitting it. And I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, what do you mean they're not hitting it? You're in Dallas. Like, why are they not hitting it? Mm-hmm. They should be like slam dunking it. Right. Like All first agents quarter, should, it's done. Yeah. Like yeah. first deal. Like, you should be done, son. Like, mm-hmm. And she told me that her top producing individual agents were closing about $5 million a year and that her teams were closing fifteen. And I was really quiet. <laughs> and it's never a good thing when I get no, really quiet. No, me neither. That's, that's a danger zone and for she, sure. And she goes, that's impressive, isn't it? And I said, well, no. it would depend on your scale – of what you find impressive. And she goes, well, what does that mean? I said, well, did you, do you know my metrics or do you not know my metrics? And she said, well, you know, we've looked into you and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I'm not sure where you're getting your metrics. Um, because I close over 15 million as an individual agent. Mm -hmm. I don't take credit for my team. Mm -hmm. They deserve every bit of credit for themselves. Right. And she then she got quiet and I said, you know, I just don't think I'm the fit for you. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there anyway, but yeah. I was just, you know, they offer all these, you know, they it's the tokens, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, KV Core, oh, website, oh, this, oh, that. You all know, the things all that the agents things. don't even use. Like we but, have KV Core. There's two agents in my office that log in even once a week to KV Core. It's just shiny shit, right? Yeah. Like yeah. shiny shit that agents want to see that the brokerage has. And people say, I wish my brokerage offered more, but they don't give good suggestions for what that actually might be. What does that look like to you? Oh, well, you know, right. account- accountability. Like you're a grown ass adult. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Like I have a to-do list. I am accountable to that. Right. Like I'm accountable to my children. I'm accountable to my husband. But like this is my to-do list. Mm-hmm. So I just, um, yeah, those first two, clearly, as I'm passionately speaking about it, give me the strong it. Yeah. No, they for sure do to me also. And, and you have come through that world. I have come through that world. And it's funny because a couple years ago, I had an agent come from that world also that came over to Black Label. And when I interviewed her, You know, I made it very clear I was not looking for a coach. One, I knew from the other brokerage that they had terminated her as a coach. And the CEO of that particular company told me it was because she was a disaster as a coach. Two, I look at things from, you know, how I receive value 
at my level too. Yeah. And I would never take advice or coaching from someone who has always done less than me. And I'm sorry, but you can take all the John Maxwell coaching courses you want. Right. That doesn't mean you've got anything, any experience or anything that is going to drive me as a professional. Right. Like, I am only going to take coaching from somebody in the arena doing more than me. Right. Period. Right. And that's why, as a brokerage owner, I do think that I'm more valuable because I'm a producer. Because I'm in the arena. I'm not going to teach you some bullshit that is 10 years outdated on who you should be calling and how you should be reaching out to them because that's how I did it before I was a broker. Right. If I'm telling you to do something or to try something, it's because I'm either doing it successfully or, you know, it's something that I have done in the past to get to where I wanted to go. Yeah. And I think that that is the biggest thing that I see. And subsequently, this agent left because I would not allow her into coaching. I saw what I needed to see in her time producing, which was not very much. Right. So why would I ever shift you into that position to other agents within my company? Right. And the amount of trash she's talked since then is kind of laughable because now looking on my TikTok, she's apparently one of my biggest fans because the girl checks my TikTok constantly. Gotta love your haters. They're your biggest fans. Oh, for sure. But anyway, I just feel, one, every – and, you know, coming up in real estate, you're always told – you should go into coaching and or you should join the Brian Buffini, you know, coaching Tom Ferry, all of these things. And I think they have a place and a time. I don't think that that's necessarily I do wrong. But the thing is, like, I think there's principles that you can right. get from that and right. like from ninja selling and, and different principles. But don't make that your whole shtick. Well, the thing is. You and 500 other agents in your town are making that your whole shtick. And that's the thing with company coaching. So you've got 20 people in your office visiting the same coach who doesn't produce, doesn't do anything but coach. How different do you think the advice that that coach is giving you is from the advice he's giving everybody that you work with? Right. So at some point, could one of you not go to coaching just you pay for the coaching and then you come and we'll round table and talk it out. Well, like it's not, there's... Ju- it's not just that, but like, how do you, I would have a very hard time trusting that coach. Cause if I'm going to come couldn't. with an idea mm-hmm. and I'm going to say, my idea is to run an event that has aerial dancers in this 40 foot right. commercial building. That's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to showcase the space. And then they're going to take that idea and then in their head, they can morph it into a couple of other ideas, Mm -hmm. but they're pretty similar and they're going to give it to the other agents because they're like, man, that was a good idea, especially if it made the company money. Right. And so it's a snowball. And so it's like, how do you trust that person? And so that's, to me, is like a frustrating, Mm -hmm. is a frustrating thing for, for coaching that's internal. Because you're competing against other agents in your company and Mm -hmm. you're competing against your coach who's 
on your side because they're making money because of you. Right. And I just really kind of feel like sometimes coaching is what some agents do to make themselves feel like they're doing the business. Like, oh, I'm in coaching and I'm doing all these proactive things. But if they don't actually do anything innovative or different to get the business, I think in the last few years, a lot of people convinced themselves that the coaching was working. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if you had a pulse in the last two years, you could get business. Yeah. So, I mean, if you put yourself out there at all in the last two years, you should have been able to close four to six deals a year. Yeah. I would think. So to say that, oh, it was all because of your coaching, was it? Yeah. Or are the tidbits that your coach is offering you the same 10 things that you can find for free on YouTube? Yeah. I mean, like, if you want to know anything now. now, go on YouTube. I think that if you struggle with a certain area, there's a lot of people in our line of work who struggle because they can't talk to people. Mm -hmm. They know the topics. They know what they're talking about. They're competent. They can't speak to people. Yes. Okay. So get a, like... Do public speaking. Do improv. Go to an elementary school and talk to kids, like... Do They're starry-eyed over anybody that comes in and talks to them. Like, do something to improve that because yeah. that's where your struggle is. You don't need a real estate coach. You're competent to on the role play with you. Like, yeah. Hi, I'm Sally Seller. Like, I think scripts are the biggest bunch of bullshit on the face of the planet. Personally, I'm, it just and I will and I admit, like, I'm not the bet. Like, if I if you're my client and I know mm-hmm. you and I'm working with you, I'm fine over the phone. But my initial couple contacts. Sometimes I still stumble over my words and mm-hmm. I've been doing this for a long you're human. time. And but I'm like, I'm so much better in person. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm just <laughs> that better. needs to be your new tagline. I'm so, I'm Kate so, Marmonti. I'm so, so much, much better, better in person. Because <laughs> over the phone, I come off I you know, right. I come off very business because and it becomes sometimes I recognize I'm like, I'm interrogating because yeah. I'm fact finding and right. I'm a researcher so it's like I'm asking the questions about why you're buying why you're selling what mm-hmm. like what are you investing in why are you investing in that and it's just like I have to like stop my brain like slow down you can ask all the questions but also like breathe right <laughs> and so and I am like when I'm in person I'm way more personable like I right. you know my body language everything is so different yeah um but you don't get that cadence and learning that cadence over the phone mm-hmm. by someone doing scripts or doing, you know, sale cards with you or mm-hmm. whatever. Like one of my she's back in DC, but one of the people I remember most and I think it's so interesting cuz in DC oftentimes the people who do outside coaching and outside training for things like leadership and customer service are women. Mhm. And her name is Mary Abajay, and she is a, like, she, when you are not allowed to be a me and you in a class where we, like, sit in the back and, like, we're, like, we're scanning the room and mm-hmm. observing. Yeah. There's none of that. I tried that. First day in her class. First day in her class. Got called out. She walks back to me, and she makes me stand up in front of everybody. And she, like, no warning what mm-hmm. we're doing. And she's, like, shake my hand. 
And I'm like, okay. And so, but her whole thing, and it morphed because less guys started coming throughout the program. Like it was like a five-week program. Less guys started coming, whatever. But it was interesting because she just tailored, kept Mm -hmm. tailoring and tailoring and tailoring. And by the end of it, it was so interesting because by the end of it, we did that same exercise. And it was so interesting because we talked about the power of a handshake Mm -hmm. and how much that means in business transactions Mm -hmm. and, you know, what like a thumb over the hand and the means and like what kind of control that means. And I feel like you curl one finger in, like what all of these things mean as body language. And it's like stuff like that is not what you're going to get in Mm -hmm. a coaching program. You're missing the point. Like you're missing the minutiae of like, actual business and real estate agents aren't taught to be professionals. They are not taught to be business people. I was lucky that I worked in corporate America. So I can take some of that and a lot of my corporate speak in my emails uh, to this industry. (laughs) Per your request. (laughs) Per your last email, please see the below. (laughs) Yeah. Fantastic. Um, But um, I think that you miss so much because we're taught to just be the vacuum salesman that knocks on Mm -hmm. the door when, you know, when you've got kids and you're making dinner. Like, that's what we're taught. And that's what people hate about us. Mm -hmm. You're not teaching us to be professional. You're not teaching us. Or to think on your feet or to have your own personal style. No, you're not taught about branding. You're not taught about you know, dressing, what dressing for success means. Mm -hmm. Dressing for success does not mean wearing a three-piece suit every day. Right. Dressing for success means knowing who you are as a person, being confident in that, and dressing to meet somebody that you are trying to attract Knowing who your audience is. I mean, some days my audience is perfectly fine in my ripped up jeans and Yes. Chuck Taylor's in a baseball cap. But some days my audience needs me to be dressed like I'm walking into an office building in Austin. Yeah. You know, it's it's and that's, I think, where my biggest, most valuable coaching experience has been. Um, everybody I know knows I work with a coach. Um, his name is Larry and he's phenomenal. I do love Larry. I only met Larry that one time. I love Larry. But I do love Larry. Uh, But what's great about him is he's an executive for a much larger company, not in real estate, not even real estate adjacent. But having been in a leadership role for many, many years and doing coaching for many, many, many industries. Mm -hmm. So he does coaching for uh, professional athletes and other executives in his field and Kind of all of these executives across the board, I mean, some people fly in for coaching with him. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, I met him through real estate transactions and he just loves me. So he lets me into his world a little bit. Um, He's pretty particular about who he takes on. I guess he's a glutton for punishment or something. (laughs) Um, uh, But... You wooed him with your yes, with, with your charm, with your shining personality. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, but just the perspective on one being a professional, mm-hmm. you would never go into an attorney's office and expect a scripted dialogue. No, 
and you would feel like they weren't listening to you if you went into your attorney's office and you're telling them all about your needs. Yeah. And they're spouting off a script or your CPA or your doctor. Why are we any different? Right. So being able to have a coach who understands a lot of different business styles and a lot of different, not even just sales, because as much as I don't, I know that we do real estate sales, I don't consider myself a salesperson. Right. I I would say that I do marketing before I do sales. Yeah. Because when I hear, oh, I'm a salesperson, I'm like... That's trying to convince somebody to buy something they don't necessarily need or want. Yeah. Real estate, I feel like people know if they need to buy or sell a home. Yeah. That is already done. I don't have to sell you on whether you're going to make that move. Right. Um, So it's just a different mindset. And I, it's somebody that I can look at. Like I said, if you've done less than me in whatever field you're in or just in general, like if you're just a professional coach and there's no and there, yeah. and I run this company and this company and I've accomplished this, it doesn't have to be I've sold $100 million in real estate. I couldn't care less because half the time those people that tell you that are rocking a team that's like 20 people deep. Yeah, You didn't do it on your own. Y'all did it. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. But just... Having somebody that I can look at and know that they've accomplished so much and these are the principles that they used. The same principles of business can be applied across most businesses yeah, and most interpersonal relationships. So just coaching on different personality styles and business styles and, you know, ideas on what this industry uses successfully to market to their potential client that I could kind of use for mine has been career changing and just mindset changing. Yes. And I think that coaches in our real estate bubble are all trained to think that your goal is the same. Yeah. And just to get to X number on the sales sales chart. Yeah. That's not always my goal. You know, some years it is just to push to see if I can make it to that number. Some years my goal is completely not sales related. Yeah. So I feel like when they're tied to your sales, it's easy to give up on you helping reach your actual goal. Right. When it's not going to impact their wallet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think the people who are some of the best coaches that are outside, one, being outside of our industry, that have been wildly successful in multiple things. I think the other thing is is the humble factor. Mm-hmm. And I think that in a sales world, whatever you want to call real estate in relation, because people put us in the same bucket as like car people and mm-hmm. retail and whatever. At the end of the day, there's three major things that I feel that real estate agents are responsible for. Marketing is one of them. Mm-hmm. Customer service is is the second one, and that's a big one. And then the third one is professionalism, and it is something that severely lacks in shows in our industry. And I think finding someone who is wildly successful but is humble Mm -hmm. can teach you more about life and about being a better human 
and that makes you better in business. My, like Larry, Larry is, so I've only met Larry that one time. Mm -hmm. And when I helped you at the Parade of Homes. And I wasn't, like you told me Larry was going to be there, but I didn't know what Larry looked like. I didn't even know what he looked like. (laughs) I didn't know what a Larry was. I didn't know what a Larry was. (laughs) You said Larry's going to be there and I knew Larry was your coach. And I was like, cool, Larry's going to be there. And I didn't know anything about Larry. That was my way of telling you, soak it up. Yeah. Whatever he's giving, just soak, soak it, it up. up. And we were sitting in the in the primary bedroom and we were just chatting. And the thing I loved about Larry was the soothingness of his voice. Mm-hmm. He's so calm. And as a redhead and as an Enneagram 8 and as all the things that I am – we get passionate and we get passionate, mm-hmm. we get loud and we talk fast and we're, you know, we're heavy hitters <laughs> and that's just, that's who we yeah. are. And it was, I was, I don't know that I was nervous, but I would, I didn't want to let you down. And <laughs> so I was like, holy crap, I'm in like, like, you know, there's builders that need help here and I've been asked to come. It's a huge honor. I do not want to fuck this up. <laughs> And so, and like, again, didn't know what a Larry was. And Larry just started and my hands were sweaty. I was sitting there. I was so nervous. And Larry was just, uh, he was like a breath of fresh air. He was just, he was calm. He asked me some stuff about myself and whether he cared or not. And he probably did genuinely care. He made it like a calm environment Mm -hmm. and it was a soothing environment. And, you know, so you need that in a coach, you need someone that is opposite of you. Mm -hmm. Like my father-in-law does coaching and he was wildly successful in his career. Like I'm in awe of who they are and, you know, how they've done things. And he's coaches. And there's a part of me that's like, I would love to be on a fly on the wall for his coaching and his, like in his consulting stuff, but he could never be my coach. Our personalities are too similar. So when I get, you know, when I get upset about something, he gets upset about mm-hmm. something because he's he's matching my energy. Right. I need someone to be the opposite of my energy in those moments. And there's times where, like, I do need that coach to match my energy. But for the most part, you need mm-hmm. a coach to look at things from the other side, right? And I think sometimes that might be more – I mean, it doesn't help. I'm his daughter-in-law, so he's going to have right. that, like, protective wing. Yeah. But he's so smart, and it's mm-hmm. so interesting when we can have snippets of conversation where I can get that, like, those pieces of knowledge because he's he's so good at what he does and what he's done. And, you know, it's amazing how he's raised – I mean, all of the kids are so vastly different. Mm-hmm. And – and not that my mother-in-law hasn't contributed, but, like, they're so humble about, like, just everything. And, you know, I think Will and I were, like, well, well into dating. Well into dating. And I found out that they, like, lived in Ireland and England. And I was like, what? Yeah. yeah. I was like, you – huh? Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, I lived in the same house since I was one. <laughs> like, cool. You're so worldly. I'm so worldly. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, and just to hear about their experiences and just the differences, it's just like different perspective. Yes. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to have your mind be blown like that, to Mm -hmm. have a deeper and different understanding 
Because a coach should not just be business transactional. A coach should be someone that can connect with you on that personal level Mm -hmm. because you're no matter what they tell you, business and personal should be separate. It can't mm-hmm. be. No. It's impossible to be. We're not robots. This isn't that show Severance. Yeah. Like, you, you know, they they do collide sometimes. And Well, and you wouldn't – your business personality is not vastly different. It's sharpened mm-hmm. in a way for that skill set that you're practicing in that moment. But well, your personality is not gone. In our business, we are helping people with something that is deeply personal to them. Yes. So, you know, whenever we see them out, you know, we're both in, I would say, medium-sized cities. Mm-hmm. And you're going to probably run into that person. Yeah. And so at some point in our business... You have to be personal or it's one of those things that you're going to be chasing referrals forever Yeah, because you made it all business. They don't know you as a person, so you're not the there's friend no, that no they naturally trust. think of right. when somebody brings up, hey, I'm looking for a realtor. Yeah. And I think that, that it's it's a mistake not to think that that business is personal for our yeah. line of work. There's a lot of careers where you just leave it at the office and it stays there and that's cool but ours isn't one but I think that Larry I think he's probably the only man on the planet who when I'm riled up about something can tell me to calm down and it doesn't just piss me off like most men I've ever known whether this was my own father or my husband my ex-husband never say relax (laughs) no No, don't tell me just relax or just calm down. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the kiss of death for you because you be just no pissed me, me off for the next, like, eight hours yeah. just without two words. Um, but he he has turned into more of, like, a full life coach. I've cried more in front of Larry, I think, than I have in front of my husband. Every single time I go to coaching, I cry about something. Well, it is we're not, and you so and I, freaking ridiculous. Well, yeah. I mean, I get <laughs> but so you, mad at myself. I'm like, okay, today I'm not going to cry. Yeah, but and then it's but like, you and I are not you. criers. So no, like we no. tend we tend to bottle stuff up, and it's just like you hit an emotional cap. So it's like, some level, at least you have Larry, right? So like, well, you and can I'm let a it out. frustration crier. Yes, that's me too. Like if I'm frustrated about something or just angry about something, I will cry. Like, yeah. if I'm upset. I do sad cry, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's like every my, now and then. But, but, it's, but it's like my dad or. Yeah. Like, I really miss Tara. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but um, but frustration crying. And then yeah. it's like, when I frustration cry at home, if Will catches me in that rare moment that I'm frustration crying, he wants to, like hug me and I'm like yeah. don't touch me like that this is not the moment yeah you are not my hero you're not a yeah. knight I'm shining even armor. less cuddly than normal yeah right now. <laughs> yeah like because vulnerable is not comfortable no. it's not comfortable for anybody yeah. but and it's really not comfortable really had to work with me on yeah because as a brokerage owner for a while I would take it personally when people would leave or um I guess not work out the way I thought they would mm-hmm. and you know, he just kind of had to reframe the way that I'm thinking. And I don't always think it's, you know, they just couldn't hang. Sometimes it's our personalities are totally different. Mm-hmm. Some people need that more like 
cuddly, you know, person that's going to baby them. And I think those are a lot of times the people that, like I said previously, prefer a comfortable lie. Right. Like if you're asking me how to help you get somewhere or for advice and you don't want to listen to the actual truth, you're asking me to comfortably lie to you so you can feel better about what you're not doing and the results you're not getting. I'm probably not the one. Yeah. Like, cause I will get very bored very quickly. It'll be very obvious that I've kind of given up on you. Yeah. You know, like, and that's just a natural thing. And so he really helped me see that, that as much as business is personal, it's not always a personal thing about me. It's just yeah. our businesses grew in different ways. Right. And they needed to go either, you know, do their business at a different place, or a lot of times they just kind of fizzle out of the business. I'm a fairly intense kind of person Yeah, when I'm in like work mode. And I think that sometimes people know that they're not going to match that energy. And that's cool. Like it yeah. doesn't have to be for everybody. It's, yeah, you know, so. And it can, sometimes it's got a lifespan, right? Like, oh yeah. I mean, so that, many relationships have an end point. And, and it's not that you know that it's going to be that in the beginning, right? So like that happened right. to me recently. Mm-hmm. And, like, sitting back and reflecting and all of the things, you know, mm-hmm. like, internalizing and reflecting, it's just no longer did the energy match. Like, I'm an intense person. I'm a workaholic. Mm-hmm. I like – I love what I do. So mm-hmm. I, so when I'm passionate, I'm all in. Right. And I'm all in on working. And it just came to the point where – and you don't realize it until you step back, like, energies were not aligning. The vibe was not aligning. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's okay. It's how you handle that situation moving forward, right? So like, there's no ill will. There's nothing. It's mm-hmm. just, we needed to be in different spaces, like completely different spaces. And, you know, and I'm going to continue to be who I am. And I'm going to continue to grow in the way that I want to grow. And it's okay that that person is not the same. It's okay that that person is doing what they're doing on their own and, you know, all the happiness in the world to that Mm -hmm. person. But I'm not going to change and I'm not going to diminish my light because we no longer vibe. Like, it's very unfortunate the way that things played out at the end. But I don't know how you make those separations, like, great. Like, they're always hard in one Mm -hmm. way or the other. Um, Well, and I think... Again, it comes back to are there two people involved that are willing to have kind of the uncomfortable truth and have an adult conversation versus pretending things are, you know, just fine until you eventually just ghost each other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think coaching is the same way. What coaching you need early on may be totally different than what you need later down the road. And that's probably a bit of where I'm at. Like early on, the and I started real estate when we were doing cold calls and all of that stuff. And that's just kind of what was drilled into me. And I think that that's the problem is a lot of real estate coaches have the same like five tools. Yeah. And it's, you know, which order they teach them to you in can sometimes be different. But at the end of the day, if you really look at the clients of a certain coach, it's all regurgitated garbage. Mm -hmm. 
Could you not get that on YouTube? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. So I think now at the this point in my life, I have to have a coach where I feel like I'm getting something different. And as soon as I feel like I'm getting the same advice that everybody else is getting, I fade out. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, if I wanted the same thing as everybody else, I wouldn't be paying you yeah. money. I would just get a therapist like a normal person. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like if I just needed somebody to like pump me up and tell me, you're doing great, sweetie. Like yeah. Chris Kardashian or something. Like, yeah. You know, I I – I need the coach that will tell me an uncomfortable truth. Yeah. And Larry is great at telling me uncomfortable things about myself, but in ways that I feel a little more comforted by. Well, that you can, he can make you bad can news sound like great news. Yeah. But it's also like hearing it and accepting it. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the other thing. Like, you have to find someone that when they're telling you something, constructive criticism, I don't care who you are, it's hard to hear. I mean, yeah. it just is. Um, and it takes a lot of, um, adulting and it takes a lot of, um, reflection to be able to take criticism and not immediately feel defensive, but it also depends on that person's delivery. Right. Um, and I think that there is a fine art in being able to deliver constructive criticism without feeling like, like you're bashing somebody. Right. And I can probably say this is like my... This is like an easy example, right? So like when we first started working with Nate, mm -hmm. dear bless that man's heart for dealing with me and voiceovers because there would it would just be like awful <laughs> because it's like that scripted thing, right? Like yeah. I wanted to have – it's like when you and I started the podcast. Like we had yeah. this whole thing in notes that we, we had did, a plan. We had a plan. Yeah. And I had a script and I'm going to do it this way. Yeah. And – we tried that, and I told Nate, I'm going to script it. I got what I'm going to say, and I started it, and I sounded like a robot. Mm -hmm. And Nate was like, we're not doing that. Like, he just mm – he -hmm. was like, I'm going to ask you a question. Answer the question. And I got better as time went on, but, you know, he was like – he would play it back for me and be mm -hmm. like, you sound mm -hmm. like you you don't sound confident. You don't sound like you know what you're talking about. You sound like you're trying to read out of a book. Like – you're not doing – you're not being you. Right. And, and that was hard because, you know, I wasn't used to being on camera. I'm used to being the control freak behind the camera, right? And that's like, been such a new thing for our industry also is, you yeah. know, that shift, hard shift to video. Yes. I feel like it kind of came almost out of nowhere, like around the time of the pandemic – because people were, were at so home. isolated, they needed to see her face. So right. you had to start being comfortable being on camera and speaking being on camera and being picked apart on camera, mm -hmm. usually by yourself first. Yes. And then like worrying what other people are going to think. So yeah. it's terrible. <laughs> it It is, but it's like, it's all in the delivery, right? Like, yeah. And like Nate's, he's like a Larry personality. Like he's mm -hmm. a soothing personality that's like, you're doing something really uncomfortable and you're feeling super vulnerable but it's going to come out well. Mm -hmm. And so there's that part of it that makes a big difference, mm -hmm. you know? So I think that's, I think that's a huge piece. And I, it's hard to find mm -hmm. a coach that's just not in it for the money. It's hard to find somebody that is the person you need. Right. Because a lot of times when you're looking at a coaching, you don't really know what you need. You just know you need something. 
Yeah. Well, and I think it's funny, too, because, like, last night, I'm, like, an old lady. So I was watching Family Feud. (laughs) It's okay. I really wanted to watch The Wheel of Fortune Celebrity. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, Steve interviews the people and asks them what they do for a living. And she goes, I'm a life and relationship coach. And he goes, but you're single? She goes, yeah. And he may, you know, how he always makes his face. And that's the thing. It's like, would you take marriage advice from somebody that's never been married? Yeah. I mean, nobody knows how frustrating life can be being married unless they've been married. I don't care how many long-term relationships you've been in or whatever. Or how many marriages you've talk married people you've talked to like that's, yeah no that's the thing in roman catholic like you're supposed to take pre-cana which is with a priest mm-hmm. who's celibate and they're not allowed to get married and i'm like how is this making any sense which yeah. was like another whole reason why i was like this is not this this kind this mm-hmm. is not for me so when we did our pre-marriage counseling it was in the episcopalian faith and um and it but it was like he's married he has kids. He had similar things that like right. happened in my past, like in my history of my life that affects me as a human today mm-hmm. that as an- another husband can say to Will, look, these things are going to never go away. Mm-hmm. And these are ha- this is how we deal with it. And I think that's so powerful. There has mm-hmm. to be that connection there. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's like getting gentle parenting tips from someone who does not have a feral three-year-old toddler who, you know, is is who he is. Bless his soul. He's a force to be reckoned with. I birthed myself in a man. And, <laughs> and I mean, God bless him. But he's, you know, he can be a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and he is very adamant. You know, like James, like. He's a lot of times he's like perfect. Like mm-hmm. this morning, I was like, "Buddy, I'm throwing your socks down the stairs." I said, "Can you put them on?" "Yes, ma'am." Put your and I was like, "Are your shoes on?" "Yes, ma'am." I was like, "Can you get your backpack out?" "Yes, ma'am." Just on mm-hmm. it. And Everett, I'm like, "Everett, we have to put your shoes on." And he's like running around the house with his pants at his ankles because he's like, "I have to poop." I'm like, "What is happening in yeah. my life?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I. I feel like that would give me anxiety. It does. But I mean, how am I supposed to, you know, how am I supposed to take gentle parenting advice from someone that doesn't live in the same world? It's like, I'm not going to tell a homeschooling mom how to homeschool her kids because I do not have the the fortitude to do that. Gentle parenting as a whole is a total bullshit thing that's been made up (laughs) because this world is not gentle so who the hell are you raising these kids to deal with as adults if everything about their life is so gentle and comfortable and we want them to feel butterflies and rainbows every time they you know interact with somebody like that's not what life is yeah so like and I think that same thing can be said with coaching if you have a coach that is always pumping you up like, and telling you how great you are all the time, it's bullshit. Yeah. Like, We're there not... are some things that Larry, and he doesn't tell me I'm bullshit, but I can look at his face sometimes and he's like, I'm not going to buy into the lies that you're feeding yourself right now about this. And I'm like, ready then. Yeah. You know, like, he's unmanipulatable. Yeah. 
you know, and I think that's kind of intriguing because as women, like, there's a lot of men who are easy to, like, kind of pull in under our spell, if you will, like, yeah, you know, but he kind of sees through when I'm trying to even manipulate myself into thinking a certain yeah. way. And I would say that's a that's a superpower that most women have. Like, we manipulate oh, yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Like, we gaslight ourselves. But like, for men, it's called strategy. Right. But for women, it's manipulation. Right. Yeah. Right. hundred percent. But Totally different vocabulary. Same damn thing. Yeah. Double-edged sword. Every day. Yeah. Um, but I just, I think that's so vital in so mm-hmm. much of what coaching is. And I mean, I think that if you want to be a recruiting coach or you want to be an internal coach, I think that there is, there's a time and a place for that. And I think it works for some personalities. Mm-hmm. doesn't work for all personalities. And I think I would challenge every internal coach to take external coaching that is not in your industry, that is about leadership, that is about cu- customer service, that mm-hmm. is about something more right. than what you're doing. Because if you're not practicing the what you're preaching, are yeah. you offering true value? And I know we're probably going to get a lot of haterade on this topic because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who have these types of coaching and this they feel that and it's great for them. there's brokerages that rely on people being bought into the idea of their right. coach. And I feel like there's, you know, and even like referral industries that we get, like we have to be on, you know, when we get into some referrals, like they ask you to be part of a call or do mm-hmm. a business call once a month. But typically those business calls are like, did you close one? Did you do it? How are you mm-hmm. doing? Like, have you talked to that person? Yeah. Like, it's not it's not forward thinking. It's not outside of the box. Mm-hmm. So I would have to venture to say that so much of um, coaching is recognize where you are in your business, recognize what you want out of your business, and is that coaching really adding any value to you? And I think that's right. something that has to be reassessed, if not – if not like yearly, I would recommend probably doing that quarterly because if there's a oh, way for, for sure. you to get out of that coaching program, because then it because it's not serving mm-hmm. you. If it's then not evolving and growing with your business, yeah, it's not going to be a good fit. But I mean, if you look at a lot of the recruiting and retention coaches, if you look at the agents with experience in that same office, because oftentimes these are the big box brokerages, right? If you look at the agents within that office who are experienced, who are doing well, many, many times they are not using that office coach. Right. They are not using somebody internal. They right. are paying somebody externally right. for coaching. So that should tell you about that coach's ability to grow with your business and right. to serve your business as you hit these upper levels. So, I mean, it's kind of like I tell agents about luxury home sales. So it's a lot easier to coach down to a beginner than it is to coach up, right? So if you are looking for a coach and you see that they are coaching some of the people you look up to the most in your industry or in any others, chances are they can coach down to whatever level you're at. Mm -hmm. Even if you're a beginner or whatever, I would much rather invest in the coach that is coaching higher than where I'm at currently. Right. Then, okay, well, they're just the coach for the newbies. Right. Yay, you hit 2 million in sales this year. Like, 
no, I don't need the coach that'll push me to two million. Right. I mean, I'll be on the couch like forever. Yeah. You know, I need the coach who's like, okay, what is your actual goal? Yeah. Like, and why is that your goal? Yeah. What is important to you about that number or item or whatever being your goal? Right. And I don't think many coaches do that. No, I don't think that they do. And I don't think that they know how to dig deeper. Mm -mm. So I'd say probably finding, if you're brand new, those internal coaches have a place and time. If you're brand new, go on YouTube. Yeah. It is free. And you will get, I can promise you, some of the same coaching advice. Yes. You know, follow five or ten different people that are coaches. Oftentimes, they're handing the knowledge out for free online. So yeah. if you are brand new, go that route until you really need yeah. the, like, paid coach. Otherwise, find a good room. Yeah. And by that, I mean a group of people, peers in your industry, other business professionals, whatever, that are inspiring to you and that can teach you something for free, whether that's a weekly lunch, monthly lunch, whatever. Like, I am not a believer in networking groups at all. Yeah. Like, I'm just not. I think they're bullshit. But um, for the most part. Yeah. But, like, if you can find your people for free while you're on the come up, do that. Yeah. But I just, yeah, the coaching, I think, is a scam I in a lot of ways. I do too. I think until you hit that, until you figure out who you are and who you want to be, mm -hmm. that, and you're not going to find that out day one in whatever, it doesn't matter whatever industry you're in, you're not going to find that out. Until you find out who you are and who you want to be, you're not going to be able to find the correct coach for you. Mm -hmm. And typically that that coach is not knocking at your door saying, hey, join the coaching program. Yeah. Or like, hey, I see your goals slipped month, this month. This month, 50% off coaching. Yeah. Like if you've got to discount your coaching. There's no there's no gatekeeping. There's no like, oh, right. look at my free guide. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's more to it than that. There's more that you have to dig deep into. And they're not searching you out. You're searching them out. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where there's a game changer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of want my coach, like I want my hairstylist or like my plastic surgeon. Like if I call you and I can immediately get in the same day because you don't have other appointments, I'm kind of like, mm, you may not be the best at what you do. Yeah. Because the best at what they do tend They're to busy. be busy. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like agents with showings. The really producing agents may not be able to drop it all in 15 minutes and show up at a house to show you a property. You may have to make an appointment for the next day. Yeah. You know, or with their assistant or whatever. I mean, it's just the way it is. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of look at if you're overly available for new clients, because I feel like new clients especially take a lot longer. I mean, that should be a couple hour session at least mm -hmm. to get to know who you are. Yeah. And not just, yeah, come on in at 12. No, like, paperwork in advance. No, like, disc testing or anything to kind of get to know personality type before I sit in your chair. Right. You know, I'm a big believer in the testing. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy how correct it is a lot of the times yeah considering how off the wall some of the questions are yeah for sure you know I mean you and I are very similar we're the same Enneagram we're the same are you a high D on the disc mm -hmm. yeah same Z's um 
And I think that that was one of the most kind of telling things that Larry did to me, or not to me, but really for me, because it benefited me. He sent my entire team a test about me as a leader. And whenever they submitted the results, they came in anonymously. So at the end, I was able to see what all of my team members thought about everything from my professionalism to leadership style to communication, everything. And some people didn't like expand in the like text box where they had the opportunity and some wrote a whole lot. And so seeing what people think about you when you don't know it's coming from them as a leader or as a business person can be a lot. Like I almost wish that I could just say, hey, can you send this to all of my clients? Yeah. Like yearly so that I don't know which client it's coming from, but then I'm getting like the actual feedback. Yeah. It's so helpful. Yeah. You know, but it's also like eye opening because I'm like, hmm. Okay. Yeah, I could probably tweak that. I mean, one of the one of the biggest things that um, in one of the leadership trainings I took in DC, one of the things that they said, if it doesn't offend you, it's not going to change you. And mm-hmm. a lot of the times, when you're reading your your personality test or an anonymous result like that, often it does like mm-hmm. you're like that isn't me. I'm not, I don't do that. I don't, I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. And it's. But it's eye-opening because it's like when – especially when someone else is saying it about you, it's like, oh. Yeah. Huh. Because perception is reality. And mm-hmm. if they're perceiving you that way – but I will caveat this and say in most instances other than social media. Yeah. Because social media, people will say all kinds of crap about you for no apparent reason at all yeah. other than they have nothing else going on, I guess. But – to try to tear people down. So I would say if you're offended by something somebody says on social media, just trash can that. Yeah. You know, but it's your, it's your surrounding people, but people that actually know you. Yeah. So, I mean, I think coaching as a whole is an interesting concept. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it can be extraordinarily helpful, but it's about finding the person that's right for, for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that it's, I don't think that internal coaching and mentoring programs are it. And I will say that being from D.C. and the last job that I worked at, that's something I respected extraordinarily is that they often pushed us to do external coaching Mm -hmm. and they would pay for it and they would be like – they would help us find it. And even if it was like little seminars and stuff, they were very, very big on that and that creates a lot of growth. Mm -hmm. Well, now I feel like the opportunities for finding outside coaching are so much greater because everybody's so used to Zoom. Yeah. So really, I mean, utilizing Google and finding different coaches from across the country, really, and then YouTube stalking them or whatever you need to do to figure out, okay, is this person maybe going to be a match? For what I need help with, because everybody's needs are different. Like we said, some can just be they have issues with interpersonal skills and they need help with that. And some just have that imposter syndrome all the time where, you know, no matter how competent they are, they think they don't deserve to be in the room. So it really is a matter of figuring out what you need coaching on and then finding the best coach for that. Yeah. I mean, 
whatever, no matter what any brokerage tells you, their coaching is not free. Yeah. It comes with strings or it comes with money out of your check. Mm-hmm. It comes at a cost. Yep. Nobody's going to give it to you for free. Yeah. So if you are thinking that, you are lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to make that investment in yourself, I think it's wonderful. I think, one, it's a tax write-off. In our industry, that's important. Mm -hmm. And two, I think that if you're going to make the investment, make it with the right person. Right. You know, I mean, take the time to do your diligence. Yeah, Yeah. it should be a vetted process. There shouldn't just be like a, hey, I want coaching. And they say, great, sign on the dotted line, pay me my my installment. Yeah. There should be not just one, but there should be Mm -hmm. a few fact-finding, few interviews. Like there should just – there should be more than just Mm – I want you as my coach. They might not want you as a client. Yeah. So there should be, you shouldn't just try and find one. You need to find a few and you need to have multiple conversations. Mm -hmm. And I think that it can be a complete game changer in your business when you're ready. And it's not something, and you might not know when you're ready, but you, you will figure it out. And Mm -hmm. it's like, to a lot of times people try and do it when they level up or they just are trying to reassess or rebrand or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. You'll know when you when you are really ready for coaching. It might be something that you're like, I'm thinking about it, but you'll know when you're really ready for it. Well, and some people may not need coaching. They may need to hire a marketing firm. Or, yeah. you know, it if you really look at what your needs are that you're struggling with, it may not really be personal coaching that's needed. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Because some people, they just don't get the marketing piece. Right. Okay, cool. Leverage out. You're already selling well. When you get people, you just need the help over here. A coach is not going to help you find the time to do your social media or whatever. So really being honest with yourself about what it is that you're expecting this coach to be able to do, I think is like step number one. Right. Because some coaches are going to look at that and be like, I'm not the one. Like if somebody came to me, one, I am not a coach. I don't want to be a coach. Can I give people good advice? Sometimes. And I can give advice on what works for me, but I find that probably 80% of the time people are just assholes and they mm-hmm. want to ask for the advice and then not do anything with it. Right. So, you know, I've learned not to waste my breath. If yeah. it might be my last one, I'm not going to waste it on somebody that doesn't want to actually do anything. Yeah. And I think if your coach, if, the coach that you're looking at is not also vetting you. Yes. Then they're wasting their time and you've right. got to wonder what's really in it for them. Are they just about the money or, right? you know, do they actually want to see you get to the next level or whatever your goal is? Right. So on to the next.